it means I can give things my full attention to whatever I've chosen to focus on. And that's living. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 36. I hope you're well. Thank you for listening. It's really, really appreciated. And you know what? The only thing that I would appreciate even more than you listening to this episode is if you get involved with it. Do the stuff. Tell me how you're getting on. And if you think it's adding value to you, I'd also really appreciate it if you'd share it with one other person who you think it would help. Right, so this episode is the next instalment in our series on managing your day. Now, people ask me sometimes, why am I passionate about this stuff? Well, I'll tell you. I realise that taking time to set up a new system or a new process is a commitment. And with any commitment, you've got to ask yourself, what's the payoff? What do I get in return? But this is why I'm passionate about it. Each day shouldn't just be something that we try to get to the end of. That's not living. That's wishing your life away. The quality of our life in any day whilst we're doing the day is just as important as the quality of life after the day is over or after the big task or job is finished. It's all life. And I believe that getting control of the things that fill your day can have a profound impact on the quality of your life if you do it well. Now, if you listened to the last episode, you'll remember that we looked at why it's important to decide what's important. What we need next are the tools to make the day work, to help you handle the stuff as it comes in. So I'm going to share with you my trusted system. I'm going to give you five tools and techniques in this episode, which, if you use them together, I guarantee can bulletproof your day and help you make real progress towards what's important to you. And you can just listen, and if you like the idea of one of them or two of them, just use them. A good chunk of what I use is from David Allen's GTD system and also from Peter Bregman's 18 Minutes, as well as adding in a little bit of my learning and my experience over the years as well. And I've simplified it all down to a system which works for me, and that's why I want to share it with you. Now, like last time, I'm going to explain the system or the five tools in simple terms using a pen and paper or a manual method. Because once you understand the structure, then you can add in apps or electronic calendars or whatever works for you. And like last time, I'm also going to give you the option to do this in an interactive way again. So you can pause at the end of each tool or technique and then you can work out your own. But you don't have to do it my way. You can just steal one part if you think it's helpful or even make up your own. It's up to you. Okay, let's make a start. The five tools that I use and that I'm going to talk about are Number one, a notebook or something to dump your head stuff into. Number two, an action list. And this is different to a to-do list. I'll explain why later. Number three, buckets. Number four, a calendar. And number five, a routine. Tool number one a notebook 
or something to dump your head stuff into. We spoke before in the last episode about waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning and remembering that you've got something to do, and then spending two hours trying to get to sleep and working really hard at trying not to think about that thing. David Allen and GTD calls this an open loop. It's something in your brain that's not where it should be. It's not complete. Let me ask you this. How often do you find yourself talking to someone, but really you're staring blankly at them, watching their mouth move, while in your head you're going over unfinished jobs or what's for dinner or kicking yourself because you forgot it's the school play tonight? And then it happens. They turn to you and they say, what do you think about what I've just said? Well, with all these things buzzing around in our head, it's not surprising that it can be hard to concentrate on what we've got in front of us. But the solution is simple. Whenever we think about something we have to do, we need to dump it out of our brain and into our system. And the first step is to get it written down somewhere. Now, as you know, I carry around a field notes book and a Fisher Space Pen. They're here in my pocket. That's the notes book. I don't know why I feel I need to prove this to you. That's a space pen. I'll put it down on the table. In fact, if you follow me on social media, you'll see the journey that my Fisher space pen took into the back of beyond of our washing machine. And I've even posted pictures of the dismantled washing machine so I could get it back. And it still works. Well done, Fisher. But you can use whatever you want to dump your thoughts into. You can use post-it notes, a diary, just plain paper. You can print things out. You can use a whiteboard. You can even use a shower board. Yes, my brother Andrew in episode 17, he let me into the secret of a shower board, which is in his shower, so when he has ideas, he can write things on there, even when the shower's going. And even in the car, you can call your voicemail hands-free and leave a message on the answer phone with whatever it is you want to get out of your head. The best option is a combination of things so that no matter where you are, you can get the thing out of your head. You... Oh. I... Shall I leave this in? Hello? Hello? Hey, how you doing? I'm in the car. Okay. Are you okay? Um, I don't, I, I don't feel great. No? Oh. I'm sorry, baby. Really... Do you know what the good I... news is, though? You're on the podcast again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say hello to the audience. Hello, audience. Are you recording? Yes. That's really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. You're such a bumhole. <laughs> you can't say bumhole live on the air. I just did. Can you? Yeah. All right, darling. Well, I'll see you shortly. <laughs> okay. I love you. Bye. Right. Where were we? All you're doing is making sure that when something comes into your head, you can immediately get it out and into your system. And you don't need to do anything else with it at this stage. Just ensure that whatever the idea, the job, the task, whatever it is that's in your head, you get it out. Don't worry too much about how you've worded it because that comes next. So, tool one make arrangements to set up a method of getting things out of your head and written down somewhere, no matter where you are. 
Now, if you're doing this episode interactively, now's the time to pause and spend some time thinking about what you'll use to write on or into to get things out of your head. Tool two, the action list. Now, some people love lists. Do you love lists? Well, I'm really, really sorry, but the people who love lists are doing it wrong. You see, if you've got a list, then you're not doing the things. And putting the things on a list isn't necessarily getting them done. We think it's helping, but I'm sorry to say we're fooling ourselves. It all depends on the quality. Let me explain. So I've just Googled the words to-do list. Other search engines are available. And I've searched for an image. So this, this is the first one that's come up. So on this image that's come up, it says five things. Dinner menu, blog post, upload photos, weekend itinerary, and pack. Well done to whoever wrote that out. That looks like that's probably a list of jobs to do for going on a journey or something. And it is a great list. But unfortunately, it's not an action list because most of what's on there is meaningless. What does dinner menu mean? Does it mean print the menu? Create a menu? Write the word menu at the top of a bit of paper? The problem with to-do lists is they're a list of things that we think we should be doing something about, but they don't help us get the things done because when we come round to doing the things, unless we're really clear about what we're doing with our hands, our brain or our mouth, I guarantee the thing will get put off and if you're lucky, written onto another to-do list at some other point. Our brains need a clean signal and that signal needs to say one thing. What is the action? Let me show you. Take a look around wherever you are now. You probably probably don't do this if you're driving a car. But for those of you who aren't driving a car, take a look around now, wherever you are, and find a small object that you can fit in your hand and pick it up. You got one? Good. Have you picked it up? Good. So that's a, a simple action. In fact, it's two actions. Find the object and pick it up, but it's straightforward. Okay, put it down. Now, look around you and do a different action with a different object. Can you feel it? That momentary scrabble in your brain, trying to work out what it is that you're supposed to do. There's a pause that wasn't there the first time when the instruction was really clear. And we do this to us, don't worry, you haven't got to do an action. If you have done an action and you've broken something, I'm not responsible. Well, we do this to ourselves hundreds of times a day and it adds to our cognitive load, our stress. And we end up spending most of our time trying to work out what we're doing instead of just getting on with it. We're much more likely to do something if it's simple. So let's go back to this to-do list that we've looked up. So on there, there's a task called upload photos. And that's better because it starts with a verb, an action word, upload. Now we could make it even better by saying, what we're uploading and where to, but, but it's better than all the others because it starts with an action that we can get our head around. Let's look at another one on this list. Blog post. 
Now that's all it says, blog post. Having the words blog post on your list almost guarantee that they will stay on your list until the very last minute. Sometimes things take more than one step. The steps of actually writing the blog post might be something like, you decide on a blog post subject. You write the first paragraph, you write the second paragraph, you write the third paragraph. Then you stop and you review and edit your post. You might choose a picture, maybe submit it up to WordPress and then post it on Twitter. There's eight actions that you have to do. And you can't say that you've done or finished the task, write blog post, until you've done all eight of the actions. And this is the problem. The words blog post or do blog or write blog are this woolly generic title, but they don't tell you what you're actually doing. And you can't tick that single item off your list until you've done all eight steps. So what happens is, that feels like a big job, and and actually it is. But if you break it down like we just have, then you get two benefits. You're more likely to get started, because if we look at that broken down list we've, we've done now, the first thing on that list is decide on blog post subject. So that's a bite-sized action that we can do quickly and we can tick it off. Hooray! One thing done. But the second benefit is that once you feel the sense of achievement of doing one thing, you're more inclined to want to get on with the next. So the key tool here is not to write a to-do list, but to write an action list. And this is a key step in the process. So you need to take the thing that you've dumped out of your head into your notebook and convert it into an action. And you're being really kind to your future self because when you get to Thursday afternoon at three o'clock or whenever it is, whenever it's time to sit down and write your blog, you can get straight on with it. No mucking about, no scrolling through Instagram because you can't remember what you're meant to be actually doing. That's called procrastination. Maybe we should do an episode on that. Now, if you listen to the last episode and um, you carried out the bit where you wrote out a list of I nearly said writ out then, where you wrote out a list of your actions or your tasks. Take some time now to grab that list and revise them and rewrite a few of them as an action. So take time to review your list. But if you didn't do uh, the interactive bit or didn't hear last week's one, don't worry. Just spend a bit of time now practicing writing out some actions in the way that we've explained. So that means two things. It starts with a verb, a doing word, and it's simple. So you might need to break some of them down into smaller individual tasks. So that's tool two, the action list. So let's have a quick summary then of what we've looked at so far. So we've got tool number one, a notebook or somewhere to dump the stuff out of your head. And tool number two is the action list. So that's where we convert this vague thing that came out of our head into an action. The next tool is number three, a bucket. But before we look at that, here's a word from our sponsor. Right, hey, in a minute, we don't have sponsors. What's going on? Fed up with running out of time? Too much to do and not enough time in the day to do it? Then you need Time Sergeant. Time Sergeant 
by Ding Dong Digital is the latest wearable device designed to give you more time to do the things you have to do. Time Sergeant is a fully integrated digital device compatible with all major mobile systems. You wear it on your wrist like a watch, but it's not even like a watch. Continue to listen for further information. Time Sergeant makes your life easier wherever you wear it. At work. Eight hours not enough to get the job done? No problem. With Time Sergeant, at the press of a button, you decide what time you want it to be. 5 p.m. and you've still got two hours work to do? Now it's 1 p.m. So relax. Now you can get it all done and have a leisurely lunch hour too. With the family. School play due to start at 7 and you're still driving there at 7.30? No problem. Just swipe the digital display. Now it's 6.30. You'll be the first to arrive and your family's hero. At leisure. Leisure. At leisure. Due on the golf course at 2 with the boss who can give you that big promotion but still on the train and it's 2.30 already? Now it's 11am and you've got all the time in the world and you'll probably get that new job. Ding Dong Digital is the leader in fictional wearables and they bring you tomorrow's technology tomorrow. Today. Next week. Today. For more information, go to www.com forward slash uk.net hyphen co.uk time sergeant dot org Time Sergeant does not change actual time, only your perception of it. Hero status and career promotion not guaranteed. All claims to change time in reality, subject to your levels of gullibility and propensity to believe in Santa, the Tooth Fairy, and a team of magic pixies who follow you around, picking up your dirty clothes, rescheduling all the appointments you've missed, and covering for you when you haven't done any of the things you've committed to. Time Sergeant. Right, wait, wait, wait. We had one of these last episode. Where's this stuff coming from? What does it say here? Oh, right. I might have guessed. Steve in the field has started doing voiceovers. By the looks of it, for shonky apps and devices. So, the time sergeant, eh, Steve? So basically, that's a watch, then. I mean, it might be a digital watch, but it is literally a watch. And that's the thing. There are so many apps and devices out there, and some of them do claim to be able to help you manage or save your time. But as we've said before, you can't manage time, and it's obvious that you can't change time. But some of these things do give the impression that that's what they're almost able to do. Now, there are great apps out there too. I've spoken a lot about them before. But remember, try to understand the simple steps first, what you're trying to do, and then you can decide which apps can support them for you. Just don't go and buy a time sergeant. Anyway, back to this episode and the real world. The next tool is number three, the buckets, where you put the stuff ready for when you're going to do it. 
Now in its simplest form, this is just grouping things into categories to help you do them in batches. So let's say you've got three people to call. If you have a bucket with all those three people's details in and a spare 10 minutes, you can hit your phone and get it done. If you have a bucket of things that you can only do at home, then when you're at home, you can work through them quickly. And if you have another list of things that you can only do on your device or computer, then when you're on there, you can work through the list. Now I'm using the term bucket because it's an easy way to think about a container of jobs, but they're really categories. You're just batching similar jobs together based on where or when or how you do them. The three examples we gave at the start of this bit were phone calls, jobs at home, and jobs you do on a device. So for those, you'd have three buckets, which would each be called calls, home, and device. Now you can have three buckets, you can have 53 buckets, whatever works for you. When choosing or naming your buckets or your categories, the things to consider are, where do you do the things that you do? What people do you do them with? What can you do when you've got loads of energy and focus? And what can you do when you haven't got so much energy or you've not got so much time? Remember, a bucket name or category can be a place you do something. It can be a person you do it with. It can be a frame of mind you need to be in. Or it can be an item or a device that you need to do that job. You create a bucket for each of these things as a holder for all the tasks that you're going to do in that place or with that person or in that frame of mind. Now I use 11 buckets, and mine are a mixture of uh, some from GTD, some of my own, and a good resource that I found at simplicitybliss.com. I'll share the link in the notes. I'll tell you what my buckets are called to help you understand the idea, and then you can use all of them, you can use some of them, or you can make your own up. So the first one is errands or shopping. Then we've got home, which is self-explanatory, things I do at home. Agendas, so these are things I have to do with other people. Quick jobs. Number five is calls. Then I've got one called downtime. Bucket number seven is brain debt. My bucket number eight is full focus. Number nine is routine, so these are my regular repetitive tasks. Bucket number 10 for me is review. So this includes things like the weekly review, which I'll, I'll explain later. And the last one is Someday Maybe. Now, every single action that I've got on my action list is in one of these buckets. Now, as well as deciding on what your buckets are gonna be called, you also need to think about how you get each task into a bucket where you physically keep it. So you could have a concertina file or a desk expander. So you've got the name of a bucket on each section of the file, and then you literally put a piece of paper in there with the action on it. You could have a book or a diary, so that could be divided into sections, and then you write the task in its relevant section. You could use in trays, a lever arch file. You could even use actual buckets. Now, I think that'd be really cool if I did something where I was in the same place all the time, maybe working from home all the time or something. I quite like the idea of having 11 actual buckets with the names on them. All you want is some physical representation of each bucket with the relevant jobs or actions physically inside it. 
So then what you do is you grab your brain dead bucket or your home bucket or the calls bucket and then just get on with those jobs. So for now, give some thought to what buckets you might use and how you're going to set them up. By all means, use the ones I've set up or you can create your own or experiment a little bit. Mine will all be in the show notes so you can have a look there. That's tool number three, buckets. So take some time now to think about your buckets and where you will physically keep them. Tool four, calendar. Now a calendar is a vital tool in navigating your day. Now obviously, I don't need to explain what a calendar is, but to use a calendar effectively, there are some best practices that I've found really help. The first is a golden rule for me, only put two types of things on a calendar. The first is things that have to happen on a certain day or at a certain time. So things like appointments, meetings, conference calls, events, that kind of thing. Now generally, these are the kinds of things that people would normally put on a calendar anyway. But the second type of thing is blocks of time for some of your bucket work. So these are things like weekly review, thinking time, focused work. These blocks of time are set aside to make sure that you can tackle the important things which will move you forward. If you don't block chunks of time in for these, they'll be the things that you will never find time for. I'd advise against trying to put all of your bucket categories on your calendar because bucket work like calls or quick jobs, they can work around these fixed blocks of time. So for example, you might plan to spend two hours of full focus time clearing three actions from your full focus bucket, but you end up getting it done in an hour and a half. So with your spare half hour, you can grab your calls bucket or your quick jobs bucket and clear a few of them. And then if you find that your, I don't know, your calls bucket is starting to fill up, then of course you could then block off some time on your calendar for calls. One thing you should not do with a calendar, don't fill the day up. So leave some gaps so things can move around. Because they will, and stuff always happens, doesn't it? So plan to be able to move things or you'll get frustrated with your calendar and then you'll stop using it. In fact, you should actively block off some white space, some some pause. That's important. So tool four, the calendar. Now, if you're doing this interactively, you can take some time now to look at your calendar or diary and block off some time for your reviews, your thinking time, your focus time, whatever you want to put on there. And don't forget to leave some white space in between. And I think a target of about a third of your working day for this really focused work is probably the right uh, amount to aim for. But if you can do more, great. If you can't make a third, I can only do a quarter or even an hour a day, that might be still more than you're doing at the moment. So that's tool four, the calendar. Okay, let's recap on the four tools that we've looked at first. So number one, when something comes into your head as a thought, you get it out onto a notebook or some other way of dumping it out of your head. Number two, you convert it into an action. So what does this thing mean? What do I have to do with it? 
and you put it on an action list with a verb at the front, broken down into smaller tasks if needed. Number three, you decide which is the best bucket to put the item into, depending on if it needs to happen in a certain place, or with a certain person, or when you're in a certain frame of mind, and so on, and you put it in the bucket. Number four, you've got your calendar, with all of the fixed things on, including review time and focus time, and so on. So in fact, we're almost there as far as setting it up is concerned. You could, if you've done all this, now just start and crack on with it because at any given moment, you're doing one of two things. You're either doing a thing that's on your calendar at a fixed time or you're working on the actions in any given bucket, clearing them at speed. And the beauty of this system is often the bucket that you'll choose will be decided for you because you'll either be with the people you need to be with or not. You're either at home or you're not. Or you're in a full focus, head down frame of mind, or you're in a brain dead frame of mind, and so on. But Steve, I hear you ask, it sounds great, but what if I miss something? Or what if I could do two things and I don't know how to decide which one to do? So this is where tool five comes in. Tool five, the routine. Now there are two parts to the routine, a daily routine, and a weekly review. I'll start with a daily routine, and I use the one straight out of Peter Bregman's 18 minutes because it's simple and it works. And it literally only takes 18 minutes out of your day. Now, we've talked about this book quite a lot in past episodes. I'll give the detail of the book in the show notes on this and exactly what's in the 18 minutes and we're going to cover it in more detail next episode when we get into doing the day. But simply, there's three parts to this daily routine. The first part is at the start of the day, you spend five minutes asking a couple of questions just to make sure you've got the right stuff planned for your day. You're checking that you've got it all ready to go, a bit like a a pre-flight routine check. Pop quiz. Did you listen to the episode that explained where pre-flight routine checks came in? Ten bonus points if you did. The second part to this daily routine is you set a beep or a chime for every hour and then you spend one minute checking in to ensure that you're on track, seeing if you've moved away from the morning plan so you can readjust your course. And then the last bit is at the end of the day, you spend five minutes reviewing the day and preparing for tomorrow. As I said, I'll put the detail of this daily routine in the show notes and we'll look at it in much more detail next episode. The other bit of your routine is the weekly review. Now, the title of this bit, again, is from GTD, but my version is much simpler than David Allen's. I'll explain what the review is, and I'll put more detail of it in the show notes. But basically, your weekly review is where you put your finger on every single tool that you've got that you're working on. Now, this is important because it's where you build your trust in the system. If you do your weekly review properly, you'll stop waking up at two o'clock in the morning thinking about the things you haven't done. Don't worry about trying to remember the detail here. All of this stuff is in the show notes. But I'll just take you through the bits of the weekly review. So once a week, you look at every item on your action list. Do I need to put any on the calendar because they've now got to be done on a fixed date? Can I dump any because they're now irrelevant? You look at your calendar for the last week, the current week and the next week. You think about the things you did last week and this which have created new actions 
and give some thought to what's coming up next week and so on. Now, throughout the whole of your weekly review, as new stuff comes up, you're scribbling it down on your notebook or on your bit of pa- on a bit of paper. And then, as you might have guessed, you then convert them to an action and you put them in a bucket. Some of the other things you do in the weekly review uh, are the tools that I'm using working or do they need to be sharpened to be better for the job? Sharpening your tools. That's an idea, eh? I wonder if I could create a podcast based on that idea. Um, Have I got a notebook ready to replace this one? Is my calendar working? Am I writing proper actions instead of things like blog post or menu? And so on. The weekly review is where we bring in what we've previously decided is important. So you're thinking about the bigger picture. You're kind of stepping back a bit and just checking in to see, are there any other actions that I haven't got in my system that I should have that support these areas of focus or my purpose? Now, as I said, don't worry about trying to remember what I've just said about the weekly review. It's all in the show notes in the form of a simple checklist. However, the weekly review is both vital and I'm afraid to say, hard to do. No one said it would be easy. I have to work really hard to make sure I do mine, and if I skip one, I feel the pain almost immediately. Building time for the weekly review into your calendar is really important, or it won't happen. Now, at first, your weekly review will probably take about three or four hours if you do it properly, but I promise it does become quicker each time you do it, and I can do mine now in under an hour. And I have to say, it's always the hour that I feel best spent in my whole week. So that's tool five, the routine, which is the daily routine and the weekly review. Now, like last time, I asked Lisa to look at these five tools. And here we're going to have a chat over the kitchen table on what she thought about them and how she found setting up her day. And we're here again at the kitchen tape. It's very echoey in here. That's because I've taken all the pictures down, all the books are packed, all the ornaments are packed. We're moving house, listeners. And this is how much we love you. We're moving house and we're still putting the podcast out. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. She's not. You can tell from her face. She's not. This is the level of dedication. Okay, so... This week, we looked at five tools, five techniques to help the listeners get hold of their day. And I just thought it might be useful. And as you've had a go at putting some of these in practice, you've had a look at them to see what you think. So the the first one we cover in this week's podcast is the notebook, the idea of getting stuff out of your head. Yeah, so the notebook. Well, this is something I've done for quite a while, carried a notebook around. Okay. Um, I think it's a really easy, straightforward thing to do. Um, I like the idea of just getting everything out of your head at the start of this exercise and getting it down on paper. Okay, fab. Easy peasy. And then after the notebook, it was the action list. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, I I really like this whole concept. I think just changing how you think about writing your list of stuff um, is is really beneficial. But the thing that... um, so the thing that I am struggling with a little bit is understanding or getting my head round why if I'm writing something in a notebook to then put on an action list, why can't I just 
yeah skip that bit and go to the action list and you've 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 actually you've already moved yourself to advanced level because in fact a lot of people just don't write down what's in their head and understandably because it's a it seems like a weird habit and then taking time to turn it into an action they are two separate processes but if you like at advanced level actually you could if you're in the habit you could write it straight down as an action so yeah if people are comfortable doing that 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 makes life even more straightforward um, but for people that aren't used to this particular way of doing things um, I think it's just a case of getting used to each stage first okay so then it's buckets yeah and buckets I've got to say took me a little while to get my head round I'm looking around for something that's, that looks like a bucket that I can bang I've packed it oh. um made me feel a bit pale Oh. Might not keep that one in. I don't think you should. Um, but I think it's kind of thinking about locations rather than actions. And once you can start to think about where would I do this thing, it it kind of becomes easier. But I do yeah. think this is probably one of the most difficult bits of the process um, to yeah. start off with. But once you got used, to, once I got used to it, it's easy peasy. And I think. It's also quite hard to explain because actually there is a world of difference between where you would do something and what frame of mind you're in. And in fact, for some people, they may be thinking, well, I'd need to be at my device and with Jane in order to do that thing. So, and I try to avoid the word context, which is the word that David Allen uses, because context just, I don't know, it just sounds a bit businessy and bucket seems simpler. But the note, the idea of uh, it's either a feeling or it's at home or it's with a person is quite a difficult thing to convey. So hopefully, hopefully we've got it across. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think you did, Steve. But who's Jane? I don't know. Then, it's usually Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> then it was the calendar. Yep. Um, and as you know, I, I use a calendar an awful lot. Yeah. And my calendar is pretty jam-packed for the next couple of weeks so how how do I go about getting started when I've already got a full calendar yeah and again my bit of advice around this is look as far ahead as you 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 need to and in some cases this might be weeks in the future to find the first day where you could then block off some time and have some space around it but what you'll find is if you start blocking off those bits of time in the future and you get into that habit then when the meetings and appointments and things come along, because that's already in your calendar, you're making a conscious decision to say, either I'm going to give up my thinking time on this day because I've got to go to this meeting, so I need to find somewhere to move it to, or I might push back a bit on the meeting or the request and so on. Okay. And then um, you spoke to everyone about the daily routine, and that seems really straightforward, and okay. I know you're going to talk to us all a bit more about that next week. Yeah. Um, when you spoke about the weekly review, you said that this was really difficult, but the concept of it seems really straightforward. So I'm struggling <laughs> to understand why you think it's so hard to do. Uh, when I started doing it, I, I thought the same as well. It's just like, just sit down and look at your stuff. Um, I think, I don't know why it's hard, but it it is hard to do. And certainly putting it in your calendar is vital. If you don't put it in your calendar and you just have this vague idea that I might do it, at some point in the week, it will never happen. I, I, can't, an- <laughs> I, can't, I can't answer why it's hard, but it, it is hard. And um, you've just got to be resolute in making it happen. Because if you do do it, that means you trust the system. 
What happens if you don't do it for a couple of weeks is things start to crop up that you realize aren't in your system and that's when it all starts to get a bit wobbly and that's when um, you feel like your system's not working, you blame the system and it starts to crumble. So stick it in your diary and make it happen. That's okay. the only advice I can give. It feels like we need to say something else. Last time we said that and we said we were just going to laugh at the end. We can't do that two weeks in a row. I need to go and stir the cabbage. You need to go and stir the cabbage. Okay. Yeah. We need to pack more stuff. <laughs> right then. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thanks. Let's, let's not be tired. Let's be full of energy. <laughs> and let's have lots of get up and go. Let's, let's get up and go. Bye. Bye. God blimey. Once again, we have covered a load of stuff in this episode and it might feel like a huge time investment if you're going to do all of this. But once you've set it up, you will very quickly see the benefits. For me, it means that I can quickly move from the thing I've planned to do to a thing that's come up and I don't worry about getting back to what I was doing. I can bomb around the country spending a load of time in the car and still put my hand on the important things I've planned for the day. But the biggest change for me is my frame of mind. No matter how much stuff there is to do, I never feel flapped or overwhelmed. I really don't. I can calmly and confidently place things where they need to be, trusting my system and knowing that I'm likely to come across the right thing at the right time. And that's the difference between just reacting, trying to hold everything together and being in calm, control, comfortable, confident and even enjoying the difficult stuff because it doesn't stress me out anymore. It means I can give things my full attention to whatever I've chosen to focus on. And that's living. So, dear listener, what do you think about what I've just said? So next time we're going to get into the day, putting all these things into action. Until then, spend some time working on setting up your tools. Contact me if you have any questions, either on the contact page on the website or on social media. Have a look in the show notes. All the information on buckets and the weekly review is all in there. As always, to end this episode, here are the takeaways. Dump things out of your head the minute they appear. It will give you clear thinking and allow you to focus. To do this, set up a tool to write these things into wherever they happen. A notebook is a good start. Turn each note into an action by rewriting it with a verb or a doing word first. Make sure each action is simple. Break things down into their simplest component steps. It'll help you achieve more and encourage you to get things started. Decide on the categories or buckets that suit you. Set up a calendar with appointments on and block off areas of focus. Use your bucket categories to help you. Set up your routines. A daily routine. The 18 minutes version is in the show notes. A weekly review to go over everything. And the checklist for this is in the show notes. Start living life. It's time to get excited about having all this stuff under control so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do. 
All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Here are some people who've been amazing in sharing our stuff and helping other people come to Sharp Podcast. They're the people at Flix X-Raid Podcast, where every week they bring in guests to talk about movies. It's like a book club, but for the movies. And they sound like this. Hi, this is Tony, the host of the Flix X-Raid Podcast. Each week, I am joined by guests. Hey, Hello. Yo. Why, hello there. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. And we have a roundtable discussion where we dig deep and x-ray a bunch of our favorite films and some really terrible ones, too. We really like to go back and take a look at films that may be forgotten, maybe in the past, and still lovable films. If you want, you can follow us on all the major platforms, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. If you want to find out more, you can find us online at www.flixxray.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to reach out to us. Good night, Internet. Thanks, guys. The time that you take to share and support us is really, really appreciated. And I hope some other people can make their way over to your podcast. I'll put a link to their podcast in our show notes. Bye-bye.